Amen. Our text this morning is in Luke 15. Luke 15, verses 1 through 6. I was thinking about these uh, children being baptized, and I mentioned that their mothers were both raised in this church. I might also say their grandmothers were raised in this church, uh, two of them. Uh, that would be Caden um, and um, Brooks. And so uh, I don't know how far it goes back in, the, in uh, Audrey, your family, your grandmother. I know you were raised around here, weren't you, Audrey? Was your mother also? No, that wouldn't go back that far, would it? She did too. Okay, that's a great-grandmother. Well, great-grandmother on the other side too. I know she came here somewhere in life and was a part of this. So, There's history for you. That's it. It's our history lesson. So we read, we read our text there from, uh, from the story of the lost sheep. And uh, it's good to remember this when you're, reading, when you're reading the book of Luke. The book of Luke is like the gospel to outcast. There are, there are stories in the book of Luke that on every turn you'll see someone who just would not be an expected someone that would come to know and follow Jesus. So Luke likes to make a lot of that, and one reason for that is Luke also was the gospel writer mainly to the Gentile world. He followed Paul around, he was part of Paul's missionary uh, expeditions, and so he was part of that, and so he really wanted to tell the story in such a way that Gentiles, that those who were not Jews, those uh, others, Romans and you name them out there in the world somewhere, uh, that they also had an entrance into God's kingdom through the gospel, and so that's a really important thing to remember in the book of Luke. And so um, um, it was hard enough for, for Jewish people to become believers in the early church, but for Gentiles to come into the church was really need, needful. And Luke really sets the example. He even has Jesus encountering lots of Gentiles and so forth. And so Jesus got a lot of criticism. And so that's uh, what was going on when Jesus was out teaching one day. Uh, there were a lot of people who come to hear Jesus who were really not normally what you would call acceptable people in good Jewish company. And, uh, and so the scribes and Pharisees were, were critics, very often critics, many of them were. And they uh, uh, were just kind of there mumbling around, you know, what in the world is going to happen to this place? You know, Jesus is turning this world upside down around here. And so uh, he tells them this parable of the lost sheep. And uh, many times Jesus uses the figure of the shepherd for his people, for the sheep. And that illustrates God's concern for us. And, and certainly here he does it again. And he gives the example there in Judea. Uh, in Judea, the, the grazing land was really not like pasture land that we see around here. It really was very sparse type stuff. Uh, this is all mostly south and, uh, south and east of Jerusalem, the Judean hills. And so... Uh, uh, if you don't believe it, just go walk around there one day and see how much you, uh, you know, grass you can find. And so it was difficult. And so the shepherds were really uh, having to lead the sheep along different places, different trails. It was kind of rocky and mountain-like, cliffs in different places and things like that. Uh, and so uh, that was the area where uh, these shepherds would operate from. And, and basically the sheep folds were really the village sheep. And there would be shepherds who were in charge of t- looking after the village sheep. So this was a lot of sheep. And uh, there was a lot of people who had a lot of stake in these sheep. And so it was a big responsibility to be a shepherd and to look after these sheep. And these were what you would call, I'm sure, professional shepherds by this time. They pretty well got it understood. You know, Jesus says that uh, the good shepherds uh, know the sheep by name. <laughs> 
and the sheep know him. And so uh, there's that kind of relationship, just being all those hours out there uh, uh, with the sheep. Uh, and so uh, here was a situation where a sheep had become lost and the shepherds were uh, out there together, maybe two shepherds, maybe more. And uh, we could see the other shepherds maybe coming back to the village and uh, reporting that the one shepherd's still out there in the hillsides looking for a sheep. And uh, you could probably picture every now and then people looking up toward the hills and just to see if this shepherd has come, come back yet and see that familiar sight of the shepherd coming back with the sheep maybe across his shoulders if it's a small one or however else. I don't know how you lead a sheep. Uh, you grab it by the ears, is that the way you do it, Bob? You're a sheep man, aren't you? you know? I don't know how. I guess they just follow you. That's, a, that's what they do. They follow you. So uh, they were looking. And, uh, and you can imagine how happy the people were to see when the sheep had returned because this was a lot of their livelihood was these sheep. And so this parable has something to say to us. We talked, uh, I know this was one day of the study for the children, uh, the, the parable of the lost sheep. And I thought I would just share this again this morning with them, some of this, so we would kind of be up with them on this. So... Uh, well, glad to see family member. I see some family around today with some of these who were baptized. It's real nice to see you guys. We, we see you out there somewhere. So happy to have you here with us. And so one of the things you see here from this parable is, is really, it's told here, Jesus is sort of broad brushing this. You know the parables are, uh, they are stories that Jesus told. And maybe, who knows, maybe he was just sitting out here looking at sheep. Looking at a shepherd out there with his sheep and And, you know, Jesus is pretty quick to tell a story, and so he tells this parable. He said, this is the way it is in God's kingdom. And and it says something here about the plight of mankind. The plight of mankind. It talks about the foolishness of mankind and the deceitfulness of sin. I think we can see those from this kind of story. If we were to think about the story, you study those sheep a little bit, and perhaps the sheep is grazing along with the rest of the flock, you know. And uh, there's rocks and mountains and cliffs and little hills here or there and yonder, and they're spread out looking for something to eat. And so they're moving around as they're looking for this grass. Uh, you could well imagine that maybe one would sort of disappear, disappear behind the, uh, the hillside and walk out on its own, keeping its nose to the ground, looking for grass just following the trail, wherever it would go. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's something, this tells us something about really the plight of mankind. Isaiah said it like this, All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We've all had our day of going astray from the Lord. And so it's, it was proverbial the lost sheep. Have you ever been lost? Have you ever been lost from your parents, perhaps? Or parents, have you ever lost a child and go looking for them? I assume you went looking for them. They, they got back with you. Uh, it's a pretty momentous moment. And it's majorly a moment in our life to know that we're lost. To see in our heart of hearts, you know, I'm away from the Lord. And I find myself afraid, not knowing where to go, 
That's another reason I think Jesus uses the, the sheep as an example of mankind. You see this all through the Bible. It's because of sort of the inability of sheep to find their way back. We could call them dumb, but that might insult some of you. I don't know. Uh, but since we're all compared to sheep, wandering away from the true purpose that God has for us. So Jesus had before Him people who had come to listen. And they were hungry for good news. And they had come from all kinds of avenues of life. And Jesus is telling them this story about how sheep became lost. And I'm, I could imagine that they're thinking, that's me. That's where I'm at. I'm lost. And so Jesus didn't end the story there, did He? He kept talking about this. Yes, we do become lost and helpless and in, unable on our own to find our way. We need God to reach to us. We need His Holy Spirit to be with us and, and bring us to Himself. And so they had, these sheep had become lost and helpless. And there were many there listening that day who felt that way. But Jesus is telling them and the critics. This is one reason He told this story. Is so those who were sort of in the, uh, the good people among the Jews would also understand that all of us are like this and that this gospel of God is for all man, all mankind, every one of us. And so he, he, he talks about really God's attitude. We can see God's attitude in the attitude of this shepherd, seeing that, yes, we're like sheep. Well, God's like that shepherd. That's the way God is. He has that kind of... Heart. He has that kind of attention. He's concerned about every individual. Not just concerned about the masses, the flock in general. He's concerned about every one of us. Whoever you are, no matter how out of the way you may feel you are, or, or how sort of insignificant you might feel about yourself, I want you to know you're not insignificant in God's eyes. We're worthy. We're worthy. Because He created us and because He sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross for us. So God cares for us. God cares for us. And that's the attitude that I think we see here. God's concern and His love for every one of us. The Bible says in Isaiah that God created you gloriously. Peggy, I like that smile this morning. It makes me think that you know that God created you gloriously. And you got a nice smile to show it today. God created every one of us with a real purpose and a love. There's a design in God's mind for us. I enjoy just sort of looking over the crowd sometimes when I'm, when I'm singing, so I get lost in the song sometimes. because it doesn't bother me. I just make up words that it's all good. But... Uh, um, and just seeing what I see in giftedness of our people. And seeing, you know, you may not even see it in yourself, and I may not be seeing the whole picture either. But just seeing what I see in you. Well, imagine what God sees in you. Of the giftedness you have, and what you bring to life. What you bring to this church. What you bring 
Well, God cares for us and He knows us. He knows us. We are not one who is not known. The shepherd has spent time with these sheep. I'm assuming that he knows something about their little habits. He knows when he's got one that could be here one second and there the next second. He knows, he knows those who have, who have uh, maybe an injury. He knows those that, that are uh, the kind of sheep that other sheep like to be around. He knows his sheep. There's, and he would know them, as I said, by name. And there might be some little mark that they have, you know, like crooked nose or something like that. Who knows? He knows the sheep. And Jesus also knows us. He knows us. He knows us completely. Not only because He created us, and not only because He can watch us like the shepherd can watch the sheep, But He knows us because He's lived among mankind. He's been with us. Jesus knows what it is to be tempted. Now, Jesus didn't sin, but He knows that we have all sinned. Jesus knows our weaknesses. He knows what's inside us. I used to like this old commercial, you know, this old athlete. And he was making a commercial about athletes' feet. And he said, I know about athletes' feet because I've got athletes' feet. And I know what helps to keep it under control. So, you know, Jesus knows us. He knows even between our toes. God bless it. You know, He knows every bit of us. He knows everything. And so so when sin is at work in our life, leading us astray, Jesus sees the pattern. But He doesn't reject us. He still wants us to know that there's a gospel, there's good news. He wants us to know about forgiveness. He wants us to know that there's a way back. And so um, he sees that, that we, like the sheep, become, become astray. And we're on, we're on our own. And God wants us to be saved. Look at verse, uh, let's see if I can find it here. Well, it says in the Bible somewhere. I think it's in I think it's in Peter. That God is not willing that any should perish. You ever have a moment like that where you can remember a verse and don't remember where it is? Probably every one of us. God is not willing that any should perish. And so that's true. The shepherd was not willing that any of the sheep would perish. It's true that God is not willing. He wants us all to be saved. And he, he's insisting by telling this parable that doesn't lo- want to lose not even one soul. And then as we look at this parable, we come out, well, imagine the actions of this shepherd as he is looking for this sheep. He leaves the 99 behind with expert care, I would say. And then he begins to seek. He begins to look. And many of you got in a panorama somewhere around here, a little mountain peak, and just began to gaze across the, the territory and look it over. You might see some cows or houses or people walking, seeing, looking. So he's out there, and it's, this is really kind of wilderness terrain. 
And he's watching, he's looking. The shepherd is searching for everything. This is really a new concept to many of the Jews, this idea of God looking for them. They could understand if somebody would come to God and just fall down before God and, and uh, repent and, and change their ways. But the fact that God cares enough to look for His people, to search them out like a shepherd, that's really weird. That's weird to some of us. Some of us have a good concept about thinking about people will just come to church and we're glad to have them and we're happy to have them. But to actually go out and look for people. This week we saw it among our children. There were many who brought friends. And their parents would bring neighbors, friends. They'd find a place here. Uh, This week we're going to start out a, a a little effort to reach out to our community, feeding folks from the community. We're going to have a free meal here. And we're hoping we're putting some signs out. And if we see somebody, we want to invite them. But we realize we're in a community where some do not have enough food. The children, the schools have actually seen this. We see that in the backpack program. We see that among you know, other situations. I think some of us may have even seen some in Bible school this week. As kids come, some of them pretty hungry. And so, and so that we would actually go out and look for the lost and bring them in. So he seeks the lost. Maybe, I guess if you're looking for a sheep, what would you be looking for? A little white, cottony looking something out there hanging off the edge somewhere? Lost. Running by itself? I mean, I expect it might not be that hard to see if you were really looking. If you were really looking. And I can imagine that the shepherd would call to the sheep. He would call them out. And maybe the sheep did have a name, like you've named your dog or your cat. Of course, a cat won't respond to its own name, does it? It'll just come with kitty, I think. All the cats I've ever known, which has been a good many. How do you call a sheep? Sheep! You always do it with a high voice. That's what I noticed. I used to listen to my papa call for a cow to come in. Sue, soup day. That's the way it's said. I don't know what it meant. The cow knew what it meant. He'd come on in. And so go to calling, go to calling the sheep. Wanted the sheep to hear. It says in the Bible somewhere, it's in John 10, that the sheep know the voice of the good shepherd. So don't you think if you was a sheep out there, you realize you was by yourself and lost and have been some time, that it would gladden your heart to hear your name called by the shepherd? Right. And so the shepherd is seeking and he's calling for the sheep. And after calling for the sheep, what do you think he's going to be doing then? He's going to be listening for the sheep, right? He's going to be listening for the sheep. And so he calls the sheep. And then he turns his ear. And he listens just as hard as he can. And he listens for a sheep. And there they are. 
Unlike this store, there's two of them. Hey, it's good to get saved in twos. Right? He listens for the sheep. This is, a, this is right at the heart of the way the good news operates. The Holy Spirit in our life. God does not just take us by the throat and cause us to be saved and dunk us under the water. That's not the way it happens. We come of our own free will. It's true with these children. There's no pressure. You know, pressured religion is not worth a plug nickel. We don't, we're not pressured to follow Jesus. We follow Him because we want Him. Because we're lost. And because we need Him. And he's our, he's our, He loves us. And we love Him. That's why you follow Jesus. That's why you follow Him as a flock in the church. It's not because you have to do it. It's because you can do it. You want to do it. You want to be a part of that flock. And so He listens for the lost and And you know, the Holy Spirit speaks to our heart. We don't come to Christ just because some preachers preached or we've read the Bible necessarily. Yes, those things will will help. We We come because we sense that our God is calling us. We might not hear it with the ear, but we hear it with the heart. The God who created us, who loves us, calls out to His people. And if we hear, it's not enough just to hear. We also have to respond. Our heart has to respond to Him. And so we we hear His voice, but we are to call back. He's listening for His people to call back. And say, Lord, I want to be saved. I want to be part of the work. I want to be part of what you got. I want to be found. I want to be brought into your fold again. I'm I'm lost. We do that as human beings. We feel we sense God's call to our heart. Lord, here I'm here I am. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus to to die on the cross for me. And God, I I admit I'm lost. I admit I'm a sinner. God, I ask you to come into my life and forgive me. And Lord, I want to follow you. I I don't want to be lost from you. I want to follow you all my life as my Lord. Something like that. And so he listens. He listens for the lost. And then he comes upon that sheep. And Lord, don't you know that sheep's happy to be found? He comes up on that sheep. Maybe that sheep has kind of gotten himself off one of these these cliffside things he can't get back up from. Have you ever ever been stuck off a rock somehow and couldn't hardly get back off of it? He comes down. He reaches down. Gets hold of that sheep. Pulls it up. I like that picture. I like that picture of Jesus putting that lamb on his shoulder. Coming down the road. Back toward the people. 
Don't you know those people been watching that horizon? They've been looking for that shepherd. Some of the old men who used to be shepherds, they can remember some of the adventures they had out there. Maybe dealing with wild animals, different things. They got all kind of war stories they can tell. They've been sitting on the gate out there just watching. And here he comes. And he's got that sheep alive. Bringing that sheep back in. And Jesus says the whole village rejoices. Everybody's tickled to death. That this sheep which was lost and liable to be dead has been found. And is back together now in the flock. And the flock is safe. Jesus said there's a lot of rejoicing over a sheep. And he says, and you think about mankind. When somebody comes to the Lord, he said there's rejoicing in heaven. The angels themselves, you know angels have seen a lot. It might be pretty hard for an angel to get excited about just about everything. But it says the angels in heaven themselves are excited when one who has been lost has been found and brought to Jesus. And he's bringing him home. He's bringing him home. I'm sure there were times, and there were times, when maybe that sheep didn't call back, didn't answer, wasn't found. But a shepherd's job was every sheep to be accountable, if all possible. And it might well be they brought the sheep back, and it already perished. If you hear the voice of God calling you, don't wait. Don't put it off. So, Father, we thank you for this story coming right out of the Bible. The story of the lost sheep. It's a precious story. I can imagine Jesus told it with all the passion and love he had. Jesus literally would look at the multitude sometimes scattered about. And they would be as if they were like sheep without a shepherd. And He said, it's my purpose is to come and to seek that which is lost. We hear you, Jesus. So I want to ask you today, are you one of those who's who's heard the voice? You know, you've got to come to a time when you're, a, you're at the age of accountability, actually, where you can realize that you're a sinner. You can understand your own personal guilt. It's not just a matter of just disobeying mom and daddy sometimes and that kind of stuff. It's that we realize in our heart of hearts that we're answerable to God. And we hear His call to our life. Why don't you come? Why don't you come and give your heart now over to the Lord? He's not going to break down the door of your heart. The Bible says He's simply going to knock on the door. He's going to knock and, and we invite Him into our life. And so today I want to give you that opportunity, maybe today, to accept Christ as your Savior. It may well be that there are those among us who also... Even as Christian believers, we've been in the flock for some time. 
we can find ourselves also away from the flock, away from His grace, away from the Lord even. And the further we go, the more lost we can become. And how good it is for us to hear that familiar voice of our Savior saying, it's time to come home. Let's go. And answer that call. Rededicate ourselves to walking the Christian walk and walking with the Savior. Maybe that there are those among us today who say, you know, I want to be a part of this flock. This is one of His flocks, one of His folds, one of His places where His people gather. And you say, I've been tasting this church and I, I hear the Lord. We pray, I've prayed and I'd like to be part of that family. Maybe today's the day. Lord, mighty grateful for we've seen the hand of God this week and we want to continue to see in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation today. And as we sing, I invite you to come as God would lead you. Only trust Him. You've got to trust the shepherd. Trust the Savior who's calling you today. Let's stand and sing this song together. Jesus shed His precious blood.